Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Alex Beck, and joining us on the show is Kadeem Edge from Pro Edge Fitness out of Augusta, Maine. Welcome, Kadeem. Welcome to the show. Um, how are you doing today? I'm all right, man. I appreciate you uh, having me on, and I'm excited. Yeah, man. I know we've been talking for a couple of weeks uh, here, you know, playing phone tag, trying to get you on the podcast. So, you know, I'm excited to talk to you today, and I really appreciate you taking time, you know, out of that busy gym owner life to be here with us. Um, but before we dive more into the nitty gritty of what you have going on with your facility, um, why don't you first tell us a little bit what made you get started in the fitness industry in the first place? Oh, yeah. So what really made me get started was actually a coach that I used to have um, back in high school. He actually gave me some advice like, hey, man, like you're pretty good at this fitness stuff. You should get into it. You know, as a high schooler, like, yeah, whatever, man. And then as as I got a little bit older, my senior year, I was like, I was a like, man. I was like, he was right. So going into my college days, I started I studied business and I wanted to know the background of a business and how to run my own facility and design it and all that fun stuff. And um, as, as I'm going through my process, I definitely, yeah, this is something that I want to do for the rest of my life. I get so much joy out of not only just my personal fitness, but just helping other people. And I really think that it was a, it was a calling because I really felt like being as a, as a former athlete, um, being a current coach, that's something that I have a passion in, which is helping people and getting into the, the fitness world is there's no other better place than that. Yeah, that's really cool, man. And, and just like even relating to the athlete part, that's cool that you found, you know, your niche, your passion. Um, you started with like a passion for for working out in, in athletics. Um, sometimes, you know, it doesn't always work the way you think it is with, you know, sports and I know me, myself included, you know, you get through high school, it seems like you give your entire life to sports. And sometimes it doesn't always work out. And you're at this standstill of like, okay, what do I do next? What am I into? Um, So so that's really cool that you were able to turn, you know, your love for being an athlete into, uh, you know, a passion for helping people for training people. Um, Yeah, so that pretty much leads me to to talking about pro edge fitness. Um, So you've been open about five years, correct? Um, yes. So you can pass the long haul. You should be proud of that. I, most gyms, this is an actual fact that most gyms actually shut down after their second year, before their third year. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool, something to be proud about. Um, what type of services are you really offering your members at Pro Edge Fitness? Uh, we definitely offer a wide range of services. Um, we offer one-on-ones, personal training, small private um, training, small group setting for fitness classes. And then we also have uh, open floor for, for the average gym goer. Um, so we have re- offer just about everything. And um, when the works of offering uh, services for like daycare later on. So we have, a, we have try to be a one-stop shop. Really smart, dude. Really smart. That's something that I try and open the mind to a lot of gym owners. They a lot of them only focus on one aspect. They're either group training or they're private training or they're open gym and and it or not, you know. And it's really smart to have different layers of service because although you don't want to look at your members as like a cash cow or something 
to pull money from. You always have those members that not only have the money for better service, but they want to pay for that better service. You know, they, they want right. the small group, they want the private training. So offering that really gives you the breathing room, right? As an owner to, to make more money, to, to extract more value from the members you have. Right. So that's really good to hear. Um, so so how, how many members do you actually have outside of your facility, facility right now? Uh, we have about 270. 270. Um, we, yep, we have about 270 members, 270 members. Um, and we're about 14, 1500 square feet. Um, so we're, we're at a good size. Yeah. Um, as far as ratios and all of that fun stuff. So right. we're doing, we're doing all right. Yeah. The, yeah. The ratio is, um, I think it's, I think I told you this too, yeah. um, about a hundred members per thousand square foot. So that's really good that, you know, it seems like you guys are killing it. You should be happy about that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but perfect. So you're sitting at about 270 members. Mm -hmm. I always like to ask, um, is that a number that you're capped at that you want to stop at? Or are you trying to hit the gas to, to you know, see some new faces in your facility? Uh, we're, we're never going to settle. And that's part of the big thing about fitness is never settling. Um, we're going to obviously try to take on more members, um, the more the merrier. But at the same time, we don't want to feel we don't want to lose our community that we have our, at the gym as far as being that overcrowded place. And like yeah. you waiting for a machine or you waiting for something to open up or that client that you're working with, they don't want to feel like, you know, eyes are all over them. They want to feel like, all right, I could come in. I don't have to worry about anybody. I could come in and do my thing, whether I'm working with a trainer, whether I'm working by myself or whether I'm working with my best friend. Um, we try to have that community of small knit community but yeah. everyone knows each other, but respects each other at the same time. And that's important for, you know, small gyms, right? To have that community. That's where you make the difference from all these big box gyms that are just chopping your legs off, right? Just right. cheap prices, cheap everything. Right. It's like, you have to offer that value. You have to be able to create that community so that you set yourself apart from, from these other facilities. Um, so that's awesome to hear as well. But, but since you are trying to see, you know, some new members um, at some point and continue that mm -hmm. growth process, what are you kind of trying to do right now to aid that growth process? I think with summertime coming up um, and school getting done, I think our biggest two goals were to be expand and develop a kids program, whether that's fitness uh, related um, things for them, or whether that's developing a more secured uh, daycare for them, um, something involving kids or the youth, I should say. Um, definitely trying to get them in the, in the door and as well as getting some classes outside with having COVID over the last couple of years has definitely been, it's been pretty slow for people getting out and being active and all that fun stuff. So trying to get um, classes going outside and trying to keep those people long-term um, throughout the, the cold or three months would be ideal. So to, I guess, guess to sum it all up is to get kids involved and try some new classes outside and keep members. Yeah, very smart. I mean, that's super important, right? You have 270 members, like let's figure out a way to keep them all and keep them for an extended period of time. Um, also, yeah, with the kids thing, that's smart too, especially with the summer coming up, you know, and right. kids being inside for the past years, I think parents are really looking for some type of activity to get their kids involved right. in. Um, so, so that's really cool that, you know, you're trying to start a program for kids. Um, I actually, 
have my little brother do join a little CrossFit program this last summer for four kids. Yeah. And he actually loved it. And it was really cool. Got yeah, him involved. Awesome. Yeah, got him out of the house during COVID. Um, you know, so it was really cool to, to see him happy, you know, to right. not playing video games. Right. Yeah, so so that's cool to see as well. Um, <laughs> now, as far as getting members in through the door, uh, what's your process to, to getting a member? Are you, you know, relying mostly on word of mouth? Do you do any digital marketing, any type of paid ads? Um, I definitely think uh, at the very, very beginning, it was a lot of pumping out advertisement. Um, yeah. I think that's usually, especially in today's world, that's usually number one. Mm -hmm. And then once we got a, a, a strong baseline, we was like, all right, let's dial it back a little bit. Let's keep the, let's focus on our current members and let's build connections that way. And then go word of mouth. So if we tell like, hey, uh, Sally Sue, you know, you should join our fitness class and maybe you bring in a couple of your friends, you could get your class for free or, you know, we'll, we'll reimburse you a month or we'll, we'll right. give you some type of a deal. And then Sally Sue goes and she's like, oh, she tells, you know, her neighbors, her two neighbors to come in and join a class. So definitely we started off pumping out a bunch of advertisements, doing with the word of mouth. And then we wanted to regenerate another class, how I, I put it, another class of members. Um, we were able to pump out more digital contact, um, do, you know, boosted ads, sponsored ads, whatever you want to call them through Facebook, Instagram, all that fun stuff. And we just kind of go bounce back and forth between those two. Yeah, paid ads is huge these days. That's something, you know, I talk to a lot of gym owners and a lot of them are, are very against that. They rely heavily on referrals and that's okay too, especially as a small gym. And like right. you said, you know, building a community, um, that's like, you know, I kind of compare it to like building a house, right? Like, so you have that base, base of the house and that base is really the proof of product, the community right. you build, um, you know, essentially the proof of product like what you offer builds that first base and that allows the referrals to come in right to keep that first base strong and then that second base is usually starts with some type of paid ads right it's like turning on the faucet to a water once you turn it on and you're able to trickle members in month right. by month um it really makes all that difference um so so what type of did you see any results with your paid ads were you running those all yourself yeah i'll do you know i'll make a quick flyer really quick um, whether it's, um, you know, a Facebook post or Instagram, whatever it is, I'll run a quick ad, you know, put a little bit of money into it, you know, 20 bucks here, let it run for a week, um, see the results. Cause you can see the, you know, who it reached and the age group and all of that fun stuff. Um, and then, you know, refocusing, we was like, all right, who do we want to attract? I think that was the right. biggest takeaway for each ad. Um, so like we'll make ads specifically specifically designed for youth or you know older people or your average gym goers so we kind of play with that a little bit and we noticed that whenever it was more specific to the need of who we we're trying to go after um, we definitely noticed there's been a jump in calls and there's been a jump in members there's been an overall um, good showing of whatever that ad was um, if we're saying, hey, you know, we got a booth camp class, we're looking for 10 people, mm -hmm. whatever it is, somebody that's, you know, doesn't mind, you know, throwing punches or doing jump rope or using a ladder or, you know, whatever, whatever we put out there. Um, 
just making sure those needs were met. And I think they were based off of making them specifically designed. Yeah. Yeah. And good for you, by the way. I mean, I know we talked about having to wear all the hats sometimes. Um, and it's definitely a learning curve to digital ads, right? Yeah. Um, I think I started, you know, marketing on my first website in 2016. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty, I'm positive that I definitely lost more money that first year than yeah. I made. Um, so good for you for, for taking that, you know, under the belt and, and, and learning how to do it. Um, do you, do you, were you able to track, you know, your results from your ads? Do you know how many people that brought in on a month to month basis? On a month to month? I didn't run them that much in order to see a month to month based off of the numbers of the ad. Um, but I say at least, um, probably five to probably on average, if I average out all the ads, probably five to 10 new members were probably um, eventually signed up per ad. And now you try to run an ad every other month. Um, it's kind of what we was aiming for. Um, and then as we started growing more and more, um, I'll run an ad or two a year. Um, if things start getting slow, I will pump out more. If things are pretty intense, I'll kind of dial it back. Um, but it's it's it, it varies to be honest. And That's pretty cool though, right? Like just a click of a button, like you see things right. getting a little slow, and it's like, hey, let's turn these ads back on right. more people. And a lot of people miss that and and don't see the benefit. And it's you know right there, you just said it. Um, so that's pretty cool. But but what's kind of uh, you know your process after you have an interested lead, someone who's interested in your gym, let's say they see an ad for an example, um, they're interested in coming in, mm-hmm. what's your process from turning them from an interested client to a paid member? So I, no matter whether it's a client that's been there for years or someone that has been there in a while, whether they've been a professional bodybuilder to, you know, grant granny trying to lose a little bit of weight. It doesn't matter who it is. I treat all these members, old, new, renewed, whatever. I treat them all the same. So talk to them, get to know them a little bit, um, give them a tour of the facility, try to answer all the questions, um, you know, walk around with them. If I see a member, somebody else at the gym that I know, I'm like, oh, you know, this person's been here for, for this long or that person worked here for two years or whatever the case may be. Um, just trying to get them to understand what we have to offer not only as as a membership but like i talked about before as that community trying to get them to be involved with us is kind of the process so they come in um they like the facility i'm like all right well we get started today you can sign up right now it'll take five minutes um and if you're not if you're not sure here's my personal number take it give me a call if you have any questions um we're here all the time um we're not staffed all the time but it is a 24-hour facility yeah. and that's something that i try to push pretty hard on i was like because once you sign up as a member you come and go as you please yeah. um and that's once i say it's a 24-hour facility that's where a lot of people are like oh I like the sounds of that yeah so that's kind of like the last selling point i try to make before um before they sign up or don't sign up, whatever case may be. And I give them all my contact information. I give them my, my card and as well as the price flyer as well. And um, I'll send them the, the, um, the link to the website and all that fun stuff. So I try to give them as much information as needed. And I don't want them to feel pressured that they have to sign up as a gym. 
and just let them know that we're always going to be here whenever you decide to sign up with us. And I think that's been a, a success for me as far as training, as far as people sign up as members, just trying to get them to understand that, hey, we're, we're here to stay. Um, we're a pretty local gym and we like when local support local gyms or local businesses. And that's kind of what our, our niche is. Now, are you the one who, who does the selling currently? Do you have any like trained members or staff that you, that you train to, to, you know, sell the memberships for you? Or is that something that you do yourself? Um, that's something that uh, all, all the staff does. Um, but I try to lean, I try to take more of a bigger approach to it only because I, I see, I try to view it as I'm the person interested in the gym. I know for me, I don't like the pushy salesman. Yeah. I don't like the guys. Oh yeah. You got to do I know I don't like that in the community, not just the gym, but the actual city of Augusta, they're not super pushy people. Mainers aren't like that. You know, they want to feel, they won't feel right at home. And if you push them too hard, they'll walk away and you'll never see them again. And I think just knowing the people that live in your community is huge. If I was back in Massachusetts where I grew up, I'd be a little more pushy, yeah. but um, where I'm at now, that's just not the type of, type of environment that we're in yeah it definitely seems like you know you push community to me yeah. which is, which is really smart right like you don't want to be pushy on these people and you want them to like buy into the culture and right. like believe in the process believe right. that you know that your gym is really going to change your life or right. you know make them into a better person um so so what's kind of you know your client journey for a typical client let's say you know they come in wanting to lose weight, they have some goals. What's their journey to, to get them to that point? Um, that's, that's, a, that's a tough one because they all varies. And I tell them that, I was like, hey, like whatever your plan is, we will get there. But it's all, you're gonna have to meet me halfway. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, if you wanna lose weight or if you wanna gain muscle, if you wanna do this, you wanna do that, you have to be willing to put in the same amount of hours, if not more than I am or that trainer, whoever's working with them. Um, you have to be able to be all in and the more all in you are, the more success you're going to have. Um, and I also like to tell them like, Hey, like, you know, if you really want to do this, you're going to have to do X, Y, Z, whether that's getting a membership, you know, if you're somebody that does that has a hard time following a regiment, I was like, start off with an easy goal, right? right. Everyone knows what smart goals are, right? So start off, if you haven't been to a gym and decades maybe your your first goal is going comes to gym two or three times a week yeah come in just walk on a treadmill half hour that's it so it all it all varies so if it's somebody that has a little more um experience as far as lifting I'm like, hey let's lift two or three times a week or let's do you know we'll lift once a week i have you lift on your own once a week so it, it all depends so my biggest thing that we try to push for is having smart goals and make sure that they actually are smart goals, you know, whether it's uh, something that they can do on their own, something that I could do together or something that the gym can help out with. Um, yeah. Right. Having smart goals is, you know, so essential, something that's, that's really realistic, right? I think a lot right. of people go into, you know, they, they won't work out at all. And then all of a sudden they want to lose 30 pounds, they'll work right. out maybe good for two months, right? right? And then call it half quit. right for two months and then they never show up again. Right. So, so that's, 
it's also on you as the business owner, as the trainer to keep things realistic for them right. and, and keep them, you know, coming back like, hey, this is a process. You know, you start right here, you know, in a couple of weeks, we'll be over here. This is our goal for the next couple of weeks. We'll get there and then yep. we'll go from there, you know? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, definitely, so definitely, awesome a lot of, definitely a lot of smart goals and a lot of check-ins. You know, let's just take somebody that wants to lose weight because that's 80% of people that go to the gyms. They want to yeah. lose lose a little bit of belly fat. So the first thing I'll do, I was like, all right, what are you eating? Because I was like, most of it is coming from, you yeah. know, the, from the kitchen. It's coming yeah. from your diet. And I was like, all I want you to do is record what you're eating for two weeks. I was like, don't change anything. And they record what you've been doing. Like, it doesn't have to be super precise. It could be, you know, Cheerios, yogurt, avocado toast, whatever. And then for like lunch, it could be, you know, a Diet Coke and two hot dogs. And for dinner, it could be McDonald's. I was like, don't change it up. I was like, we will go over it together. Yeah. And we can figure out some things that where you went wrong, where you went right. And I always tell them, don't try to, change it up and go cold turkey mm-hmm. and try to go to a diet because that's how most people feel on their diets they try to switch it up completely right. and they're miserable and they hate it and i'm like stick cool stick to what you normally do and we will go in and we'll take out some things and we'll add some things and from my experience i noticed there's been a lot more uh appreciation towards that because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people are like hey i want to lose some weight you have any nutritional stuff i could do i'm like i mean yeah but like what are you doing and they're like, oh, I had, you know, a tub of ice cream last night. I was like, well, was that smart? They're like, no. So just making sure they are aware of some of these obvious, obvious decisions, because once you make them accountable for it, they're going to be a little more self-conscious about it. They're like, all right, maybe I don't need to eat this whole thing of ice cream. Maybe I'll eat half of it. I'm like, all right, now we're getting somewhere. So getting them to understand those little things um, is, is pretty big. And then obviously hold them accountable and then fine tune in some of those details. Yeah. And, and that's cool that, you know, everything seems so fully tailored and that just connects with, you know, the culture and everything, the whole base model that you have for your gym and, you know, having your customers feel like, like you care about them, right. like, like their goals are in your mind that you're doing what's best for them. Um, so do, do you currently track like any of your retention rate, like, you know, the people that are coming in per month versus going out? Um, I say we do because we're, there's a lot of, not a lot of colleges here, but there's a good amount of college students. I look at it seasonal wise, mm-hmm. um, just because this is a relatively seasonal state. Okay. Um, Definitely in the wintertime, our numbers are definitely at its peak. And then in the summertime, our numbers are also at its peak. Um, they're relatively the same. Like right now in the summertime, we're probably we're gonna start seeing our surge with school getting out. Kids are starting to, you know, drive to school on their own, uh, excuse me, drive to the gym on their own. They don't need their parents as much because a lot of them passenger drivers ed. So those are like trends that I've noticed. And in the wintertime, you know, everyone's stuck inside because it's three feet of snow outside. But in the fall, people are out more. In the spring, people start going out more. Um, as far as numbers, we we'll probably say at our peaks, we go, we we'll probably get about 35 new members during our peak, our two peak windows. And then probably say we lose about, we lose about 
15 on our lower, our lower season. So our spring and our fall, we lose a little bit. And that's a given. Um, once again, that's just yeah. part of knowing the state that you're in. Um, and it, it kind of fluctuates. Um, so it's, it's, it's hard to say only because the season, the type of weather that we get, um, we're a pretty outdoorsy state being in Maine. Um, a lot of people like to go kayaking. People like to go outside and go for runs. And that's kind of where the drop off happens. So it's hard to tell. Yeah, sometimes that isn't something that you can control. Like there's always going to be people coming in and out, um, people who fall off and, you know, right. canceling their membership. But, right. you know, that retention rate and it's annoying. Accounting is so annoying to keep track of those numbers. And it's, you know, a pain, but it's always good to to keep track of your numbers, especially the people that are coming in and out, because it really shows you the things you need to work on, right? If you're if yeah. you're seeing that in a given month, uh, you know, 15, 20 members left, and you're like, hey, that's a that's a little up from right. my past couple months. It kind of gives you that perspective to look past, look back on that month, and that's part of business too, right? And always improving month after month. Right. So to be able to look back, look at your numbers, and be like, okay, um, I think we should work on this. Maybe I should add some more value here. Right. Maybe like that, getting accountability could help right. with that. So, so, you know, that's, that's the only reason why I bring it up. And I definitely think that um, the connection is as far as the peak, the reason why I say peak, because um, yeah. that's when our numbers that are at our absolute highest um, and trying to get uh, those summer classes going, those outside classes, those kids classes going right now in the spring, because I know this is where we start seeing a decline. Yeah. People are getting out of school. They want to go travel with their families. But if we could have something to grab their attention and be like, hey, like, you know, I don't want to miss, you know, our, how should I phrase this? I don't want to miss what we're offering to those members because it's not being offered. I want to make sure something is there for them to be like, hey, like, well, let's push back our, let's push back our vacation a couple of weeks, you know, because I have a eight week, you know, weight loss challenge that I'm doing at the gym yeah. and like keep them, try to keep them a little bit more. And that's something that we've done in the past, but with COVID happening, that was pretty tough. And we haven't done it in a couple of years, but we have done like a, like a big, like a biggest loser type of thing, or like a ultimate body competition. That's definitely something we pushed for in the past, and that went pretty well. But COVID happened, and we couldn't really. We lost a lot of interest that way. But I think we're gonna bring that also back into the fold and try to be able to retain some of our old members and members outside of our jurisdiction to kind of just be like, hey, like. We have something that, that you may be interested in that's offered in the spring that's usually offered in the winter time. Yeah, um, definitely. And those challenges, you know, just offering those just keeps the community intact, right. keeps people involved, keeps members coming back, um, you know, helps people make friends, right? With people who right. have the same goals, common goals, like, hey, at the end of this month, we're trying to lose 20 pounds. Like, right. let's figure it out together. We'll come, come to the gym every day, same time together. Next thing right. you know texting each other like exactly hey, tomorrow yeah i'll be there uh so that's always the cool yep. thing about about having such an intact community too now i know you told me that you try to be a one-stop shop and you do offer you know some different layers of service from semi-private mm -hmm. to small group um you know group training um do you have any other products or you know ways to send clients um things like maybe supplements merch um you know nutrition and accountability 
Do you offer any of those just, you know, to like, like we talked about, you know, the, the people who have the money and want the service, uh, you, do you give them the ability to, to get those things? I think the biggest thing right now is definitely merchandise. Um, everyone loves a t-shirt. Yeah. Can't go wrong with t-shirts, whether it's a little cheap tank that you want to just give out or whether something with a little more high quality material, um, whether it's a compression or like a dry fit, um, definitely merch and then sweatshirts. Everyone loves sweatshirts, whether you're older man or a young kid, everyone loves sweatshirts. Um, I definitely say merch is probably the biggest one. And another trend I'm seeing is the hats. That's definitely another major trend that we're jumping on board with. Um, so yeah, I'd probably say merchandise is another, it's another key point for us. Um, right. And all that stuff could, you know, tie into, you know, your, your sales process too, right? right? Offering things like merch, um, you know, or even supplements, right? It's like everyone, I think every person who goes to the gym, uh, you know, once they get into that habit, they all stop by the vitamin shot to buy some type of supplement, some type right. of protein. There's definitely, there's definitely stuff that we offer. Like we'll offer more snack based yeah. supplements. Like we'll have like protein bars, um, things like that. But the actual powders themselves, um, they didn't, they sat too long for my liking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, it's not worth sitting on the shelves collecting dust if it's not being moved. Right. Um, Obviously, the, the profit off of that would be great, but if you put, if you factor in how long it's been sitting there and how long, how much it costs, you know, let's just say we have a, you know, a bottle of protein that's been sitting there for a couple of months, but once it's sold, it's like, all right, that's a nice little, nice little uh, profit right there. But at the same time, it's like, it's been sitting there for two months. Like, was it worth it if we could have put, you know, a couple of cases of protein bars that could move a lot faster exactly um, very true that's definitely something that could be revisited but i i don't think it will happen soon um just because the way all the other snacks are moving fast mm-hmm. um the profit margins aren't as big on that but every day somebody wants hey let me get a let me get a let me get a protein bar let me get two let me get three let me get a, a gatorade two like those things sell a lot faster and then you know if you see somebody going up buying these things your the other members are sitting there like oh i guess i'll try it and we definitely see we see more of a trend that way as well you know the guy that's sitting over there um he's snacking on a protein bar somebody will go up to my hey like how does that tie i was thinking about buying one he's like yeah you should go one it's like two bucks oh really oh and they come over and they also get involved. And then I think it starts selling a little bit faster that way versus the actual protein powder itself. But right. I mean, I've, I've heard too, this might just be an idea. It's something I like to toss yeah. out, but I've heard of, uh, you know, gym owners, including, you know, like protein and, and supplements, like within their entire sales process, right? Like, so if you like, you're, you have an interested member, that wants to join your classes, whatever it's, uh, you know, they want to pay for a couple month program. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard of, of people who will, that's how they sell the supplements, right? They don't even put them on a shelf, really. It's only for their members, like throughout that consultation, right? Like, okay, you could join for the six months. We also, you know, have a package where you could, 
you know, purchase the supplements that includes protein, BCAs, right. um, you know, some fat loss stuff. Um, so, you know, that's an idea as well. Uh, but one question I do like to ask, mm -hmm. just because I think it serves as like a great talking point for the people who's listening. Um, but what would you say is, you know, like the biggest bottleneck that you're facing right now with your business? Um, I would, I would say, Ooh, that's a, I don't know. I would probably say that people like, I think people definitely like the uh, the the likes variety. People like variety, yeah. And I think being able to provide um, variety in all sorts of fashion wear, drink wear, whatever it is, they want they want subtle they want subtlety. Um, and I think being able to really hone in on the, on what's going on is something that's hard because it's changing but staying the same it that's a tough one because it's, it's really hard to pinpoint exactly what is what um and i think that i think given what what we offer i think trying to have everything at our disposal um to please everybody is is what's is a struggle mm -hmm. but at the same time i think that's where we have to be able to grow and be able to understand that, hey, we have somebody that wants this, this, and this, and this. If we only get a little bit of everything, is that gonna be feasible and worth time and money? And I think that with the type of people there are, especially with technology, where you could get anything you want with a click of a few buttons, I think that's the game that you have to play with as being a owner of anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um and, and another question that that I do want to ask, this is more just about you. What yep. do you kind of, what do you want, what do you want for your business, and what do you want from your business? You know, like, like a lot of people, what they want for their business is maybe to help people, right? To mm -hmm. to change lives, to to um, you know make people's days better, to help them lose weight. And yep. what do you want from your business? You know, is it is it freedom? Is it a financial freedom? Is it buy your mom a house? Is it um, you know, so so that's a question that I had to ask. What what would you say? What do you want for your business, and and what do you want from your business? I think I would. I mean, I could, I guess this answer works for both. Um, I want everyone to know what Pro Edge Fitness is and um, where it is. Um, whether that's staying in the small place we have now or growing to something big, but you know, first thing you you when you hear Pro Edge Fitness or you hear of a gym or you hear of a, a brand, I should call it. When you hear that thing, you go, "Oh, that's so and so out of wherever." Right. Um, being, being, having the brand and the company and the business be recognizable by not just people in Maine, not just people in Mass, where my hometown is, but across the board, whether it's throughout the U.S. or whether it's inter international. Like, I want, I want everyone, I want a lot of people to be able to know what Pro Edge Fitness is, what it stands for, and kind of just grow into not a global icon, but 
to just spread to the masses. Yeah, man, global icon. I mean, say it. If it you know, that, that's cool too. I mean, right. look at what CrossFit turned into, right? Like right. CrossFit started off as a single gym with a niche community, um, right. you know, hella people that were passionate for it. And they really blew it up and turned it into this worldwide thing to where right. now they have co CrossFit competitions. They got people out in Brazil right. and, you know, Colombia that are CrossFit champions. Right, thousands, um, thousands of people know it. Thousands and millions of people know what it is. You know, thousands of them compete and millions of people knows what it is. Heck, billions of people might even know what CrossFit is. Right. Uh, but that's kind of the goal, you know, whether that's, you know, getting into the YouTube life and trying to expand to, to that Verizon, get people, you know, get into the, the reels on Instagram and Facebook and try to expand that way. So definitely trying to have the, the brand and the business grow outside of these state lines okay definitely so so what's kind of you know would you say that's your plan for the next six to 12 months your goals um to to really work on the brand and to continue growing the name absolutely i think um over the next six ten months is definitely grow as much as possible whether that's like i said starting the youtube um whether that's maybe getting a uh, Twitter going, just trying to get, just trying to get the name out there as many platforms as possible, um, just to to spread the name out there a little bit more. Awesome, awesome, brother. I love talking to people, you know, with with big goals and just like a like a clear head of the vision that they see and they want to go to. Um, so that's great to hear. Um, but all right, Kadeem, I think that's pretty much a good place to start to wrap things up on this episode. Um, but before we do sign out of here. Please give, you know, a shout out of your website, your social media pages, anything just so the listeners can find, you know, some more info on you and your gym. Yep. Um, the website is www.proedgefitness.org. Um, I'm also on Instagram as proedgefitness, no capitalized letters, no underscores, nothing, just proedgefitness. And I'm also on Snapchat as well at proedgefitness um, yes. for the... For the direct Facebook, we also have the Rail Pro Edge Fitness, um, and that will take you right to our Facebook page. So you catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and you visit our website. Awesome. Yes, Pro Edge Fitness out of Augusta, Maine. Yes. Um, but we absolutely appreciate your time, Kadeem, and I look forward to you know seeing what you could accomplish down the road. And to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Um, as for the listeners, don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you are interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back, guys, to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we dive in the trenches with gym owners. We talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly sides of the business of fitness. I'm your host, Austin Montero. Today, we're joined by Mark Bruce of Fit Strength Performance. 
in Fairport, New York. Mark, how are we doing, man? Good, good, awesome. Uh, super happy, super pumped to be on the show. Um, you know, the day's going well. I can't complain. Love it, man. Love it. Appreciate you. And thank you for coming on, spending some time with us. I know you got a crazy schedule. So let's dive in, man. So uh, first of all, when did you start the business? I didn't even ask you that before. Yeah, yeah. So I, let's see, I graduated from college in 2011. Um, I started coaching back then, 2011, 12. And then uh, I was with a company for three years. And then I opened up Fit Strength Personal Training Studio. So I had a tiny 600 square foot studio back in 2015. and I did that for about a year, teamed up with another gym because they were just bigger, had more opportunity yeah. to grow, thought I could find myself, you know, navigating, you know, uh, an environment from a managerial perspective, from operationals, president, right. like, you know, set status. Um, and it was 2019 where I then reopened Fit Strength Performance. Nice. Um, so rebranded, relaunched, um, you yeah. know, I've got a 1400 square foot facility. So it's been going since 2019, where nice. my current location has been up and running. Beautiful. And you said 1,400 square feet? About 1,400, yeah. Nice size, a little yeah. under 15. Not nice terrible. Size, it's good. Yeah. I like that size, especially for the model you have that, that we're going to talk about here in a second. I think that's great. Uh, Mark, yeah, what would you say if you, had, if you could answer this in one sentence, why did you start this gym business? Not even about calling it a gym. Why did you start this business? Because it's more than a gym. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, you know, I'd say if I look back at my, myself when I was let's see, 22, 23 years old, why I wanted to train, um, yeah. you know, so I'm going to give you two answers. Number one, I like to work out. I started working, I started working, working kids out and working yeah. athletes out because I loved working out myself. Yeah. Um, why am I still doing it? Why do I have fit strength performance? It's because I truly um, want to help people. Yeah. I want to help people change. And that's why, you know, I take a holistic approach at the facility where, right, you know, I'm a sports performance focused gym. Right. However, you know, I always highlight to my athletes, you know, you don't have to just be in a gym to see results. You know, this has to be a part of your life to any degree. A lot of athletes nowadays, them going for a walk three times a week for 30 minutes could probably improve their performance. So, you know, you know, I have the space where people want to come through the doors and then it's been on me to educate, to be able to articulate, to empower those that I work with just to help them, help them figure out what their actual goals are. Why are they here? And then, you know, help them be consistent. Yeah. I love it, man. Uh, to help people. And we get a great opportunity to do that in this business, right? In, in this industry, I think, uh, like we talked about earlier, um, make an impact on people's health and wellness and especially then in that athletic training area is terrific so before we dive in too deep mark just tell us like uh, about the service uh the, the model you have and the services that you offer yeah so i primarily work with athletes we have you know probably five percent of our clients are adults so we do have some services for general population um our main service is semi-private training so it's a four to one ratio um athlete to adult or athlete to coach mm-hmm. you know i i just like probably many gym owners um, say and trainers and coaches, everyone's an athlete. You know, it's kind of like a cliche nowadays. Um, Everybody's an athlete to me. So it's a four to one ratio. And we also offer personal training. We also offer nutritional consultations. Um, We do hybrid coaching. Now we do remote coaching depending on the individual. Um, But that main service is semi-private. Very cool. And now why, uh, why four to one? Do you think that's, what's your reasoning behind that? 
So four to, you know, I, I, I'm really into, um, I follow Eric Cressy a lot. I follow those companies and I know he's done five to one. So I've always, you know, I think that's a good number for me. A gym I used to work at was five to one too. Um, so I just, I just did four to one because the way my space was, um, it fit four people well. And then when COVID hit, I could fit four squat racks. I could fit four of everything and make it, you know, appropriate. I didn't want to go to three just because you know when COVID hit that was going to kind of that would hurt me financially um so the space allowed me to have four racks four of everything so you know four to one seems to fit my clients feel you know they they feel safe they feel respected they feel they get the individualized attention right Um, right. so that four person ratio has been working out pretty well yeah that's cool yeah i just i'm always interested to see like you know i've seen up to six to one or five to one like you said four to one uh, I, I really like the small group training model. I think it's the best way um, yeah. from a coaching perspective to have the best impact because there's get the best of both worlds, right? We get to uh, clients maybe coming at a cheaper rate than like, say we just did one-on-one PT, obviously, you know, and we can kind of make more in an hour with four or five people as opposed yeah. to one an hour. So, so I think it's terrific. Yeah. Uh, it allows us to customize too. You know, we exactly. get that customization aspect because, you know, I've 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 been with I've been with groups where it's like thirty people in a session. Yeah, I've been with groups that it's one on one, and yeah. you know that one to five ratio. You really give the person what they want, and you know we we know as coaches, whatever you put on paper will never be what the end the final product is. Yeah. So you know, in session, if I have four people in a session. I can see someone from a distance and say, you know what, that squat is not looking good for you today. We're going to tweak it versus, you know, having six, eight, 10 or 12 people, right. You might miss out on that. You know, they might be done with the exercise. It doesn't fit their character that day to fit their ability. Um, You know, so that's why just with four, you know, four to six probably is the same depending on the coach, their level, their ability. Um, But it it allows us to customize and we have athletes. So we got kids that are 12 years old. We got kids that are professional athletes. So I need to be able to challenge the pro, but also, you know, educate and highlight technique for the 12 year old. Um, So it just gives me that ability. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely a lot of flexibility for us. And I recall teaching those 30 person classes and it's just like organized chaos you could yeah. be the greatest coach in the world you're gonna miss a ton of stuff yeah. right like it's just what it is so yeah i, I really like this small group for yeah. results and for the coaching i'm just curious like um i didn't know cressy was in started kind of like the five to one uh, i Mark, think he's always done it yeah why why does he have any reason for five i don't you know i i've, I've listened to so many of his podcasts and content i don't know why um I, I'm thinking they just, I know when he first started the gym, there was three of them. And I think one guy was simply just the operationals piece. Okay. So just, I'm assuming if you had two guys running the show on the floor, yeah. you know, you, five was probably tolerable. I know if you look at like the strength and conditioning manual, I think it says like every sick, I, I could be wrong. You know, if you're, if, if you got listeners that are, you yeah. know, studying for the CSCS and right. stuff like that, yeah. Don't take this to the test, but I think it's six to eight athletes per one coach is like yeah. legally allowed. Yeah. You know, if it, I think that's what the handbook says. Um, okay. Legally that. is like that. That's a soft term. Sure, sure. You know, yeah. but I, 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 maybe that's it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I know he's just gone five to one. I, I, I think it's a good number. I think five is doable. For sure. You know, for it's sure. really going to challenge the coach's ability to manage. You know, allow for flow. Um, yeah. But I, I don't really know specifically. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, definitely doable for a coach, especially for a good coach. And uh, yeah, no, I'm just interested. I'm going to look it up and I'm interested to see what 
Well, I always like to do things in like even numbers. If you want to pair somebody up or like, you don't have to, uh, instead of me buying six squats, I can maybe get three, you know what I'm saying? Like, so like, I'm sure he you never like, stop at five reps. You never do seven reps. Right. Yeah. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure he has a good reason behind it. So I'll definitely check it out, man. But, no matter how bad your form is, you're cranking out that eighth rep. Do it, man. Yeah. Just, I don't care how it looks. It's yeah. And that's why uh, our back is broken now. Right. <laughs> man, that's a whole other story, but uh, so let's dive into the gym. So we know your model. Um, I, I like this small group model a lot. We're working with athletes and some general population. Uh, I think we, you know, one of the most important things is how we market our services and, yeah. and our coaching and we're, we're really selling coaching and results really. So how have you gone about marketing? Uh, Mark, what's your philosophy behind like your marketing approach? Yeah. You know, I, th I think it's always just how you can, I think number one, it's how you conduct yourself in general, yeah. you know, because you know, when, when you're in a sales game, anyone you meet could be someone that potentially could be a referral, could be a client. So I think off the bat, it's just how you present yourself is going to be step one to marketing. Um, you know, cause if you're a fit individual, Right. I, you know, I got buddies that look more fit than me. And I'm always like, people are going to look at you and be like, they, you're the trainer, you own the gym, yeah, yeah. you know? So, so off the bat, just how you hold yourself, just how you can communicate and articulate, um, you know, that's going to be marketing, you know, step one. Um, right. Cause then, you know, once you have a conversation with someone, you know, you, you, in your experience, I'm sure it's happened. You're a fit dude. Someone's like you work out. And then right there, you got to be able to have that conversation. Oh, yeah. um, so it's just being able to articulate yourself first. So I think it's just taking pride and, yeah. you know, and ownership and how do you talk to people? How can you converse yeah. with other people? Um, and then when I first started, um, you know, I, I played, I played high school basketball. I played college basketball. You know, yeah. I was known for my work ethic. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, my gym's in my hometown. So off the bat, I already had that reputation of being a hardworking individual. Yeah. Um, so when people knew I was coaching and training, I did skills basketball training too, right? People just knew they, they just understood like, well, he was a hard worker. He really grinded, like not when the game was not when the lights were on, but you know, when the, you know, when no one was watching. So I had that reputation in general. Yeah. Um, and then when I really started marketing, I just started giving, giving free sessions. I just started yeah. going to anyone that I knew who ran a team, you know, so it's that guerrilla marketing mentality. I just yeah. started going to people and just saying, let me do a workout for you. Let me, you know, I'm here to help you. I think sometimes as coaches, we, we think that we know it all. You know, I'm in the weight room working out. I own a gym. Listen to me. I can fix. But to me, it's like, how can I help you? You know, yeah, especially right. when you when you work with coaches who, you know, coaches have some ego, right? Oh, you're yeah. running a team of 12, 15, 20, 25 people, you, you know, yeah. you're going to have, right, you're going to have yeah. an ego, you know, being yeah. a gym owner, you have an ego, just because you think your stuff is the best. That's why you want people to come with you. Um, right. So, just you know, for me, it's just offering help. So learning what the problem is, what are your problems? How can I solve your problem? What service can I provide? And then it was a lot of that, just like seven, 7 p.m. sessions, 8 p.m. sessions, 9 p.m. sessions. And then once I started working for a company um, who had a good reputation with basketball players, you know, right, we, I, I did my best to provide the best result. I really connected with the athlete and I really listened to them. And then I went and supported them. And yeah. you know, I went to their games. I saw what they were doing. Yeah. You know, I made a point to say hi to their parents, yeah. you know, like those little things that guerrilla marketing mentality that really helped me early on because anytime there was a basketball player, anytime there was something on social media that someone witnessed, right. They believed me. They trusted me because they saw the results from that athlete. Yeah. They saw me supporting. And then when re they reached out to that athlete or their parent, like, yeah, they do a great job. Mark does a great job. 
Um, and those were the early stages. And then it's providing a product that actually provides results. Yeah. So those, those were the early ones. 100%. Yeah. That guerrilla marketing is definitely part of it. You know, the word of mouth is definitely part of our strategy for sure. I want to talk to you about the basketball piece a little bit and the athlete piece here in a sec. But before that, Mark, any have you gone down the road of any digital marketing uh, before or now or thinking of using it? Yeah, I've definitely I've dabbled, but you know yeah. I, I you know I've been the kind of person like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna work on Facebook and Instagram right. ads and all that stuff. I'm right. gonna push something out for like hundred bucks this week, you yeah. know. But with the problems that come with running a business, you know, being a small business, right? You do everything. So yeah. you know, yeah. it's been far and few. I haven't used it aggressively. I actually right. just got off the phone with a company in my town who does stuff like that um, because I know it's the next step. You know, sure. I think everyone needs to tackle the guerrilla marketing aspect first yeah. because that's just something, right? It's free. You can yep. do it yep. 10 minutes a day. You can do it an hour a day. You can hire someone out to do it at a low cost. Um, so, you know, I still do the guerrilla marketing daily, but right, like we talked earlier, it's always the question, you know, if you're a coach out there, I think a lot of times people just quit their job and they go coaching full time, you yeah. know, but they don't go with clients. And I think that's something that, you know, right. Don't invest in a 3000 square foot facility for 3000, $5,000 a month. If you have no clients, right. Yeah. So you should definitely come in having clients or have like another job just to make sure that yeah. the doors stay open. You know? Yeah. So for me, it's, it's been that gorilla hustling marketing, but I think paid ads are like, that's the next step. That's how you're going to get from 60 to hundred from hundred to 150. And even the guys that have, you know, succeeded, and I'm sure you've known in your CrossFit days, you know, when CrossFit was huge back in the, you know, late two thousands and all you had to do was open a gym and everyone showed up for sure. Social media, Instagram, all that was like, just, you know, all you had to do is put it out there. And it's helping. And then nowadays, everybody has a gym, everybody has social media. So you have to do paid marketing to really get over that hump to kind of, you know, generate those leads that are actually true leads, not just someone that looks at you and they, they reflect like, Oh, I need to work out. Right, you know, you right. get that true lead. So I, I yeah. think it's very important. It's something that I am going to start diving heavily into. Nice, man. Yeah. A thousand percent. Like you hit the nail on the head. Like when we, uh, like when I, when I opened the gym too, it was all organic. You open, you open a CrossFit in like 2009, 10 people just showed up because there was, it was like the new shiny toy, right? Yeah. This timing was huge. Nowadays, different ballgame. And as you grow in the life cycle of your business and those organic leads kind of slow down, that's when that paid advertising is beautiful. And like the industry is very flooded these days, as we were saying. So uh, yeah, it's a great addition to on top of the organic marketing gorilla piece, which we can do at any time, referral, word of mouth, but yeah. The whole marketing strategy, I think, is super important and getting the clarity of our message out to the to the public, you know, and then hey, if can you I ask you a question, because I know yeah, you, sure. you deal with some gym owners like what are your like, what are your thoughts on that question? Do you think it's like necessary and or is there like when if you're if you have like zero clients, do you start with that first? And yeah. or when is that time to start with it? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. So like I love when you brought up where like. I wouldn't recommend opening a gym and no clients. You know, I, I like that because it's true. I would try to at least, you know, I started small and it, I had clients there that would pretty much pay to keep the lights on, if you will. Like, so like, yeah, uh, I think when you start as a gym owner, whether it's in person, online, I think organic is the way to go, unless you have a ton of capital, like, you know, sure. from, but most of us, like I started my first gym with 23,000 bucks. 
and that's that goes real quick after you get equipment and a lease flooring and, and turf that's over with flooring and gone. turf it's that's gone. gone yeah i had one <laughs> rower one squat rack three barbells couple kettlebells and we in flooring and we let it rip and it <laughs> it went crazy we got super lucky but uh yeah i would start organically for sure and then as you're growing and as you're stacking cash so to speak put that money into some sort of marketing plan yeah. you know what's that number is it just basically do you think it's just based on overhead uh like a marketing budget yeah i will yeah do, well, when well, like do, when you get 50 clients right because that could be yeah. a difference I, I know some coaches that start off and i hear their rates and to me i'm like like how do you keep the doors like you may have 100 clients but if you oh, charge yeah. them 25 bucks not gonna like, work yeah so like, do you think it's more so like just what's in the budget based on your overhead or like if you have 50 clients, no matter what your price is, that's like social proof. Should you then go into in the Google ads? Yeah. I mean, uh, it depends on the goal, what we want to do, right. And who we're trying to attract, like who's our avatar client, if you will. So yeah, then I would go there. I mean, if we're charging height, say we're doing small group and I have 50 clients and I'm charging, I don't know, 300 bucks a person a month that's like 125 CrossFit gym members. So like, yeah, yeah I definitely would market at that point to get to capacity. And once sure. I'm at capacity, then it's like, I'm going to go, how can I increase each person's rate? Because, or then we're thinking of maybe moving or, or who knows what, you know, but uh, sure, sure. yeah, I would market until I was at capacity. And then uh, from there, just try other aspects to kind of grow revenue other ways. But yeah, I think it all depends on the model and what yeah. you're looking to do and who you want to target and all these things. But yeah, start organic. And then once you get to a certain level, you know, that mid mid range, we'll call it one year in two years in, uh, then yeah, then the, the digital piece where you can directly, uh, and then if we've seen, we've seen results, you put this much money in, you're going to get this, this amount of leads, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, and now TikTok too, Mark is like, insane. I know it's crazy. But TikTok uh, is uh, kind of going to be the obviously the next thing for like, We'll say the fitness industry from a marketing standpoint. I bet. So, I bet. All good. You can hear me, right, man? I got you. Yeah, yeah. All right, sorry, bro. Yeah, I, I love Zoom. It's my favorite thing ever. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, man. So that's so that's cool. So we we have a nice marketing approach. Looking into doing some online stuff here down the road, which is great. What is your thought? So I know we're training mostly athletes. Before we, before we get to general pop, I have to ask, what was what was playing college basketball like? An experience standpoint, was it awesome? It was awesome. Yeah. You know, I was, I, you know, I was spoiled, you know, I had a very, I had a, I had a phenomenal high school coach Yeah. and he treated us. I, I can't say he treated us like college players as if it was like militant to that mentality, right. but the speed that we played at, yeah. you know, that we were challenged to that degree. So I felt very prepared yeah. in terms of knowing that we had, like you had to play at a certain level. Right. Um, so going into, you know, I hurt my knee, my senior year, I tore my right. meniscus. So I was out for six months. Wow. Um, so I was sitting in a chair for about three months shooting. It actually helped my jump shot. Um, and then my first time playing basketball was day one of college tryouts. Did you miss so, all senior year? No, senior. no. So I, so I played baseball too. So okay. baseball, I tore my knee up. Wow. I, I got, I'm, I, that's a, that's another story. Yeah. I yeah. tore my knee. It was like uh, March. Yeah. So I wasn't cleared to play basketball fully until day one of basketball tryouts in college. Um, but you know, I played division three. It was great. Yeah. You know, though, yeah. I think, I think a lot of people sleep on division three because everyone is the best player in your town on that team. For sure. uh, yeah. So it's still high level ball. You know, oh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm well respected in my area because I was able to play college ball. So yeah. like to me, for anyone who's trying to work with athletes specifically, 
I think you need to have that level of play and understanding. I think it helps you tremendously as far as like a marketing standpoint, just, you know, relatability. Um, You know, there's a lot of kids who they played basketball in high school and like skills training. So they're the next skills trainer or right. They, they've, they worked out in high school and then they worked out in college. So now they're the best trainer out there instead of having that like detailed experience, you know, that's relating to what you want to do. Um, so I think it's helped me a ton. I think it helped me a ton for credibility. I loved it. You know, I made great connections. Um, it, you know, I'm a coach for a reason. I was a, you know, I'm a wash up athlete because I didn't really train the right way. Um, Yeah. True. So that that's helped me. I, I know that upper body days, you know, I know the arm farms every single day. Oh, yeah. It didn't make me a better basketball player. No, you look good in the jersey, but you know, the 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 it doesn't help the game much. Yeah. Right. Uh yeah, that's what I was asking. Is like I'm sure you've learned some great things, some great tools and experiences yeah. playing at that level from, from maybe it's from your coach or just from the whole team environment. I know I have from like my background, and I didn't play in college, but just high school, you know, like to carry that over with the guys are training now and girls are yeah. training now. I think is uh is great. Yeah. Um, fun fact, man. My team we lost state semifinals junior year uh, in triple overtime. It's terrible. Wow. Yeah. Where are you? Where are you originally from? Are you from Connecticut? Yeah, okay. Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we lost this school called Trinity Catholic, and okay. uh, they had a guy. Uh, he's a he was a sophomore time. He played for Duke. He went to Duke after. Okay. But, uh, yeah. It what was, was his name? Dave McClure. He was he played for Duke in like the mid 2000 maybe 2005 four five six okay it's way back down it's forever ago but uh yeah it's a lot of fun good memories but yeah all the all this didn't help the basketball game much you know yeah uh, just a quick little note because you know your 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 audience um you know i didn't go to school to be i was an exercise science major yeah you know that's then i think that you know that that's helped me so i know i i deal with a lot of athletes who are very interested in personal training or strength and conditioning yeah and they are they're cure and i'm a school counselor too so yeah. i have that conversation i've had that conversation with a lot of kids like oh if i want to may if i want to be a personal trainer or strength coach i have to be an exercise science major mm-hmm. you know i argue otherwise just because of my background um i self-taught everything on like google youtube yeah. right yeah. i spent 10 years just learning what kids yeah. learn in their four years yeah. And that's given me an edge. So, you know, for those out there, right? Like if you're a personal trainer and you spend all your time learning about the human body, but you want to open up your own gym and Austin, you can attest, you better spend some time learning about business. You know, if you are a business person that loves like working out and you want to do the opposite, you better spend some time learning about the body. Right. I agree agree totally, man. That's terrific advice. Yeah. On both sides of the fence too. It's like, you know, uh, if you're strong in one area, focus on your weakness. If if you want to have that gym and vice versa, because yeah, like they should make, I don't know. I never, you said you were exercise, you were an exercise. No, phase. I majored, I was a psychology major, minor yes, in education. So, yeah. so I don't I know, have a degree in counseling. I don't know if, they, if they teach any business acumen, but you're going to learn by doing too. Like, you know, like you said, we have so much, so many tools these days to access online. You know, yeah. we can learn freaking everything, which is. But the cool. thing is for high school now, like the one thing, my biggest, you know, my, my struggle with what I've seen now is there's a lot of athletes yeah. who don't understand that there's a life after sports without right. being a professional in sports. Oh, yeah. There's not many schools, at least where I'm from, where there's a strength and conditioning program. Yeah. It's just a unit in high school, mm-hmm. right? Like there's a six week unit where you learn about like Tabata or hit right. or like, right. like you're not, you're not strength training. You know, there, right. I, I can't tell you how many kids that I've worked with 
and you can probably attest like they don't know what a clip is they don't know what a j hook is they don't know what spotter arms are they don't know where the two and a halfs are the fives are they don't know that bumper plates are the same circumference but different weights like to me little things that's, yeah. that's that's valuable from a safety standpoint oh for sure and kids don't know that but they could learn that in school yeah. but how many you know you if you reflect back to your your teammates how many teammates who are stud athletes loved the sport, loved working out, but they're like, you got to be an accountant. That's like what your family did. You got to do that. Yeah. But it's like wow. you could thrive being For a sure. personal trainer, or strength and conditioning coach. You know, yeah. you can get your personal training started at 18 years old. Right. right? Like if like I, if I think if I knew I wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach, I would have got my personal training started at 18, yep. personal trained at the YMCA for four years. That'd be a great part-time gig. Yeah, for sure. And then at 22, have that bag of clients and like that social proof. Like, come on, man. That's like, that's money right there. That's, I, that's I love that you said that, man. I think it's so true. And like, there's nothing more addicting than uh, making money doing something you love, which is like, which is this, right? And if you love it and if you're an athlete, you're going to naturally, I think, want to stay involved in that. So yeah, I think that's uh, a great thing. I really hope we can get that message out there more and, and awareness out there more. And that's part of the reason we're, talking today here so it's yeah. awesome mark uh as far as like retention i'm sure in a service that you offer retention rates are pretty good so um what are just some key aspects that you that you utilize to keep retention up to keep people coming back day after day week after week month after month yeah so I, i'm so me being a counselor what i what i've really focused on is having a person-centered approach mm -hmm. uh, meaning right and I, and I think every good coach innately does that and it's focusing on the person first you know, like I think for me, it stems with that readiness consultation is what we call it at the gym where you first meet with uh, you first meet with the client, you know, tell me about you. Tell me about your goals. Tell me about your injuries. And then I always love the question of just tell me about you. Tell me right. about what you like to do. Right. And I think that sets the stage of, you know, being here is more than just picking up weights. And it's more about you really succeeding in your sport. It's right. about helping you be a better person and building connections, um, especially with COVID. I think yeah. we've missed out on that. I think building connections, especially face-to-face -face, is limited. And I think it's been that way for a long time with technology. Um, you know, so I think my retention has been, you know, I'm a niche, I'm an athlete. So like technically yeah. three to six months a year, my athletes are gone. Right. You know, they're not gone, but you know, they're not paying, paying me at the sure. gym. Sure. Um, but that stems like an in-season program option. That stems just like checking in on them. But it stems from, it starts from them in the gym and when they walk into the gym, I don't really say, turn on your iPad, go get your program, start foam rolling. It's how are you? How was your day? How was school? And, you know, I work with middle school kids. They don't want to talk. So you have to learn how to ask open-ended questions. You know, it can't be like, how was school? Good. Okay. You know, right? It's like, tell me why it was good. Tell me what's up. What happened in math? Okay. Why was math just good? Why wasn't it great? Right? So it's being able to have these conversations and you get to see them open up. Like the other day I had a girl in the gym who hasn't said more than a hundred words in like 32 sessions. So right, that's like right. three months worth. Right. And finally she like opened up like three sentences out of the blue. Awesome, yeah. And awesome. to me, I'm like, like, thank you. Yeah. But again, like for young coaches, they don't, they don't know that's going to happen because they don't have the experiences. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, what's, what's helped me retain is just getting to know the kid, getting to know the person, asking yeah. them questions that are, aren't athletic related, but mm -hmm. also seeing how their body feels and how their mind feels. I've had many sessions where I have kids cry with me at wow. the gym, 
right? Because they're just tired. They're worn out, you know? So, so they trust that like, I'm going to do what's best for you because I dive into like, not just your athletic development, but your personal development. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it's really going into that avenue because now it's the kid going home. And even if they had a bad session, they enjoyed the conversation and they tell mom and dad today was a great session. And then mom and dad are like, regardless of if they're getting better at their sport, I know they're making a connection. So it's a valuable pay. It's a valuable expense. I love it. Yeah, I love it. What, Mark, what did you call that approach in the very beginning of that? Per- person-centered. Love it. Person-centered. Well, I, I imagine yeah, your background in psychology, you said you majored yeah. in, right? Which is awesome. I may do that. If I ever went back to school, like if I could go back in time, like I love studying that. And uh, I assume that's a massive asset to you in this business because we're dealing, dealing with people and uh, our behavioral patterns and this, this crazy thing up here in our yeah. head, right? That kind of yeah. controls us or... We try to control it as best we can. But yeah, I assume, especially with the kids, like I like that you brought up the example of the kid that doesn't speak for a long time. You know, like it's so great to see them open up, you know, yeah. to us as coaches. And uh, really, again, another important thing we get to do, which is which is amazing. Yeah, the gym is a scary place. It's a scary it spot, right? It's, ta- yeah, it's, it's terrifying. That's why they are spending good money yeah. for someone to give them a product, to give them exactly. an experience, to give them a result. Yeah. You know, so to me, it's just, especially with young kids and there isn't a lot of opportunity in my environment in my community that educates kids on how to move in the weight room in a healthy way. You know, so I take, I take, I take full responsibility. Like if they don't move well, then they're going to go into their weight room on their own and get hurt. I take responsibility for that. And I know it's not like, I can't control everything, but I take responsibility. So I take pride because if you have a 12 year old and they're with you, you know, my athletes, if they start at 12, they're going to, and they play college basketball or college, a college sport. They're going to be with me till they're 22. So I have that 10 year span. Like I have kids until they graduate from college. So that means that I'm going to teach them the importance of the weight or my facility. Those that are in the facility are going to teach them the importance of training that trickle over from 22 until 82. Yeah. Right. So to me, that's my mentality. I want them to know what to do. So they don't just think 22 years old, I'm done. I can't, right. I, I'm not trying to jump higher anymore. Right. Well, we've primed them to understand the importance of moving. So yep. that's like, so right now they may not pay me for 60 years, but I've affected, but I've, I've, I've elicited change for 60 oh, yeah. years, you know? So to yeah. me, that's so important. Thousand percent built a really strong foundation when they're 12 that they can use for the rest of their life, which is, yeah, man, which is, which is awesome. And I love that. And uh, I love your mindsets there. It's so cool. Refreshing to hear, man. Really refreshing to hear, you know, especially, <laughs> You see all these videos out there on online, you know, uh, you know, youth athletes doing terrible looking squats and just awful looking push-ups and like, and people praising that, like their coaches posting that. And like, yeah. that's not good. Like we want to, like you said, movement is everything. It's magic, you know? So like the magic is in the movement. So it's like, yeah. how can we, uh, so it's great that you're, that's on your mindset. And I think the more of that we get out there, the better, man. So Mark, I'm always looking for other, you know, revenue streams, or like I said earlier, increasing the average revenue per member. Now I know we're training youth athletes, so it's a little different there. Um, but are there any other products or services that you offer them? And if not to them, with your general population clientele, like nutrition coaching or supplements yeah. or uh, anything else going on? Yeah, I, I think I think all of that is in the horizon, right? Like if I'm speaking of what we do right now, the yeah. one, the two things that we offer are going to be nutritional consultation, 
And that's, you know, we offer like 12 week programs where it's just, we meet with them three times, you know, three times in that 12 week plan, we help them. We, we are not dietitians, So we do not rep, we do not give meal plans. And I don't think that's an effective way, especially for athletes. Yeah. A, bit, a lot of it's just education. A lot of it's just, these are healthy meals. And right. a lot of it's just switching the language of the kid and also the parent. I've heard it a lot of times like peanut butter is bad for you. You know, well, to me, I'm like, well, if peanut butter is bad, yeah. then what, what actually is good then? Because right. if you got peanut butter and ice cream, which and they're both bad, right. I'm going to go with ice cream then. It tastes better. Like, exactly. yeah, yeah. What do you want me to do? Right. Um, so that's one, one service that we offer. Another one that we started to do, and I've been doing it for probably two years now, is I do um, little joint ventures with other um, compatible businesses. So yeah. like me being a basketball focus, you know, a lot of my athletes are basketball and volleyball players. Right. So I have a program with a local basketball coach called mini ball. And that's mm-hmm. where we work with kids that are five years old to nine years old. And we just get them moving. They learn a little bit of basketball. They have fun with movement. They learn like basic skipping patterns, hopping, crawling, cool. um, you know, right. It's, it's, it's not, it's not it, to me, that's going to help funnel like paid ad marketing. Yeah. to help build the business in the gym. And now we're doing some monthly workshops with other local supporting businesses just to complement what we do. You know, so we, I work with a physical therapist company yeah. um, and right, we do a joint workshop every month now. And that's just to generate new leads. It's offered to our current clients um, at a low, low barrier cost. But again, I mean, you know, with, you know, you're 20 years in the game. Yeah. Every time you have a conversation about fitness, right? We, we, you know, to me, I want to think about, yeah, although like, it's easy for me to talk about this, yeah. right. That's 20 years of learning and education and paying for certs and courses and right. videos right. and all that. So, right. So with that being said, right, we, it's a low barrier cost, but we're providing so much information yeah. Yeah. and that just helps with the branding. Um, yeah. So those are the three things that I do right now. We have a couple small camps that I'll run, you know, once a yeah. year. Yeah. Um, so those are the main things that are helping with, um, yeah you know, some different revenue streams. Yeah, I love that. And those local partnerships, uh, those strategic local partnerships are obviously super important. Like you said, helps with marketing, branding, and getting our message out there, which is, I think, a vital importance, uh, especially these days with this kind of flooded landscape we have we have now. So with all that being said, Mark, where do you see the biggest opportunity um, in the next 12 months, you know, for you and your business? What are you looking to really seize upon? You know, I think, I think right now we have a, we have a couple, couple programs in the works that I think are really going to help us with branding and marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm slowly starting to see that the work that, that the coaches in my gym, the work that my athletes have done in the gym, the work that I've done over the years, you know, we're really starting to be at the forefront of every conversation in my community in regards to sports performance. Um, so, you know, we're doing some partnerships with some local um, you know, non-for-profit businesses for some social media uh, marketing where they're, you know, we're just partnering up with them and, you know, we're going to be on their channel. You know, we're going to do some helpful tips. I have some programs over the summer that are going to help. So, you know, in in 12 months, you know, where do I see the growth of all that happening? You know, I think, I think for me, it's like really getting to that doubled clientele mark yeah. And I think with all these programs, because right now the second and third quarter of the year are my busiest because that's when basketball and volleyball are ending, but yeah. also ramping up for the following season. Um, you know, so with all these little partnerships, I think it's going to help us really ramp up um, to really hit that like double client mark 
which would be, you know, about 80 to a hundred people at the gym. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful with that effort that we are going to see like a huge increase of, of clients at the gym. Yeah. That'd be awesome, man. Uh, having a hundred athletes members there would be terrific. What, uh, and then final question here, Mark, to wrap this thing up, ultimately, what would you like from this business at the end of the day, like big picture type stuff? Is it more locations? Is it like, uh, yeah, I don't want to even give you, even put a thought in your head. What do you think? Yeah. You know, I actually just, you know, the other day I just sat down, you know, kind of crunching numbers from the financial standpoint, like, yeah. right. Like how, how can you make, I mean, we always, as a business owner, you always want to think like, how can you make more money? Right. You know, how can you make more money? How can you buy your time back? How can right. you elicit more change? And that, that has been a thought. It really has never been a thought about expanding locations. Okay. Um, you know, I would love it in the next five to 10 years to have like three locations within the community. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, you know, it's really, it's really others looking at the facility as being the one that's going to help educate athletes, even coaches. You know, I'm not so much into the, into the field right now to educate other strength and conditioning coaches. That's not really been something that I'm trying to do because I think, I think there's people that are way smarter than me mm -hmm. that speak in a different language that, you know, I can't even fathom, but I think I do a very good job at articulating to athletes and sport coaches, you know, how they can, um, you know, how they can help their current athletes or how athletes can train appropriately on their own, you know, so I really want to be at, in that conversation. If a parent or a coach like, you know, we really need to learn how to help athletes, you know, reduce pain, help them be more explosive, or we're curious about a question, you yeah. know, I really want fit strength performance to be that first thought, you know, as really helping athletes change their performance and understand movement and strength and conditioning at a higher level. Right. Yeah, I love it, man. I love it. I think it's great. I think you're well on your way. Everything sounds terrific and a uh, great place to wrap this up, Mark. Uh, where can the listeners check you out? You know, your website, your social media, where can we find you and see what's going on? Yeah, we're super active on Instagram. That's yeah. fit strength, F-I-T-S-T-R-E-N-G-G-T-H. Always struggle with that word, underscore performance, fit strength, underscore performance. Okay. Um, all of that content gets pushed onto like Facebook too at fit strength performance. Yeah. We have like, you know, I don't even know, six to 800 videos on YouTube, fit strength oh performance of just like exercises. Um, yeah. we're, we're slowly building a podcast, just fit strength performance podcast. We have like, nice. you know, 40 ish videos, 40 ish episodes right now that are live. Okay. Um, our website's just www.fit-strength.com. Yeah. Um, the easiest way, if anyone's interested in, in, in learning about what we do, getting help from an athletic perspective is just yeah. DM us, uh, you know, fit strength underscore performance. Beautiful. And then you can email us at info at fit hyphen strength.com. Um, best way, just follow us on Instagram and send yeah. us a note. I love it, man. Uh, with YouTube, are you building out as like, like movement library type of thing? Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. So I, I've been putting, I honestly probably been going on like 10 years now. You know, oh, I wow. wish I wish I took more pride in it back in like 2012 because it's just booming. Fun videos, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, the terrible back then. Yeah, like Jesus. Uh, yeah. I get I get a ton of uh, emails like your video has been taken off of YouTube because of copyright infringement. Right. Just awesome. because you know you didn't know what the with the music. Yeah. Um, no idea. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, we have like eight or nine hundred videos on there, and a lot of it's just free actually exercises. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of exercises. That's awesome. Hey, dude. Awesome. Want to say hi? There he is. There he is. What's up, champ? There he is. Hi. What's up, buddy? Say hi, Austin. You just woke up, huh? Yeah. What's going on, bud? How are you? Do you like to work out? Yeah. Where do we go to work out? 
the Jimmy. The gym, right? Yeah, buddy. That's great. <laughs> Beautiful, man. Well, Mark, thank you so much. We'd appreciate you coming on today, and we wish you the best of luck. Thanks, awesome, man. It was great chatting with you, buddy. You as well, man. Listeners, we appreciate you guys, too. Please hit like and subscribe to be notified for future episodes. And until next time, Gym Lords, we are out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez, and joining us on the show today is the one and only Joe Kim from the West Coast, man. Joe, what's going on? How are you doing today? Good, good. How are you? Always good. Happy Thursday. I appreciate you being here. I know it's a little early for you, but let's dive right into it. Um, and look, we're excited to have you on, Joe. But before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on at your gym, uh, first tell us a little bit about how you describe your business to people and what made you get started in the first place. Uh, so the main focus for, or the way I approach it, is we try to make martial arts and combat sports accessible to you know the average person. So a lot of people, like I've been to conventional boxing gyms, a lot of times. There's a lot of egos, a lot of tough guys. It's kind of hard to get into. It's intimidating by nature. And so, you know, combat sports is just naturally an intimidating thing to get into. Like people watch UFC and it's like, oh, that looks pretty scary. But, you know, eventually people get interested. They get passionate. You know, some people are just fight fans. They want to come in, they want to try it for themselves. Some people are just casual people who are interested in losing a few pounds and learning some self-defense. Um, so that's kind of the nice part about martial arts. You get a little bit of everything. Like you get the weight loss, you get the discipline, you get the self-defense, you get the confidence, you get all those things. So we're trying to make that you know, accessible to the average person. Um, I started off doing like nine to five desk job. I used to work for nonprofits. I did a grant writing, fundraising. So I did that for about eight or so years. And then I would teach martial arts in the evening. And that was always my passion. Like that was my, that was my first job in high school. I started teaching Taekwondo when I was 16. So that was my first job. That's what I enjoyed. And then, you know, I was working at nine to five and then working, you know, teaching martial arts in the evening. And eventually when I left that you know, nine to five job, I'm like, what would I like to do with my life? I'm like, oh, my passion is teaching martial arts. It always has been. Let's just try to make this a full-time gig. And so, and if I'm in the gym. Jesus Christ. So, I mean, by, by 35, 36, you're already going to have 20 years of experience in this. Man. <laughs> Christ. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh my God. Like, oh, geez, that's like a 26 year old. I'm a professional. Like, you're a kid. It's like, wow. That's awesome, Joe. I love that. I think um, that really goes to show that is your passion. Because, I mean, from 16 to doing it, I mean, to now, I mean, geez, like, people don't even stick with, you know, the recreational sports throughout, you know, yeah. those four high school. And the fact that you stick with that, like, being a kid, I mean, 
awesome stuff there. So I don't think it gets much better than that, Joe. And, uh, and, and, and so now on the topic of the gym, you know, uh, if I came in, right. And, and if I had to look through some services that you guys offer, what would I have to choose from? Like what options do I have? So our main classes are boxing, Muay Thai, kickboxing, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, MMA. And then for kids, we have the same classes. We have kids boxing, uh, kids kickboxing and kids Jiu-Jitsu. Those are like our main classes. Nice. Okay. And, uh, and how many members do you guys have currently? I think we're sitting around like 145 right now. Nice. Yeah. Um, well, in your opinion, uh, what do you think your, your maximum capacity, um, not by just uh, the, the square footage, but mm. by what you think you could handle appropriately. Uh, what do you think that would be if traffic was never a concern? Uh, I mean, I think we're pretty much only constrained by our square footage. Because we, we, we could always scale. We could always hire more coaches. Yeah. If we have floor space available, we can get more people in the classes. Of course. Um, with, with our current space, you know, 150 was actually my, my initial idea of, like, what would be the max. But, you know, we're doing 145 pretty well with the space we have. So we could probably get close to 200. But, like, yeah, with, with our current space, like, the only problem is all our memberships include, like, unlimited classes. So there's no caps. If you, everyone can go to every class if you okay. wanted to. Um, and so that would make the square footage a lot harder. So if you wanted to like have just a grower grow our membership base to that high, we'd probably have to like restrict classes. Like you can only come twice a week or three yeah. times a week. And then yeah. that way we kind of like spread it out. But with with unlimited classes, yeah, I don't think we could reach much past like 175. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think obviously again, especially with what you guys do, it, it's space is more of a concern than anything. I, I would yeah. think so. Um and so and I know you said that all your membership are unlimited. So um, as a member, if I joined, what would I have, what would I have to pay monthly or what would I have to pay to get started, um, to be a part of your gym? Uh, so we have a few different membership plans, uh, starting from 109 a month. And that, that's with a 12 month plan. Um, there's a $79 enrollment fee when you first sign up and that includes all your basic gear. So that includes your, your boxing gloves, your hand wraps, your shoe guards. Really? So that, that's all included. So that it's basically nice. the same cost. And that way you don't have to like go and like shop on Amazon, like try to find some stuff and like shop around prices. Like we give you all the basic cool. stuff to start off with. A lot of people choose like upgrade down the road. It's like if they're getting more into sparring, they need like better protection. You know, then they'll invest in like better shin guards or get like a mouth guard and cuff and like all the stuff you need. But for, for basic classes, gloves, hand ups and shin guards is all you need. And that's included when you sign up. That's awesome. I like that. That's a good little way to, I mean, maybe it's up, so maybe it's not, but I think that's a good way to, to get your clients to buy more from you without yeah, yeah. even trying to. It's just kind of like, hey, well, it comes with it. Like, really? Like, I'm sure they'll <laughs> awesome. Like, I'll gladly pay that. Um, that's just convenience. Smart. I like that, Joe. Um, and uh, on the topic of clients, you know, uh, I guess what has been the best method for you guys to bring new traffic to the door? Uh, I mean, obviously, there's referrals and word of mouth, which I think, I mean, uh, if that's what works well, then obviously you can jump into that. But um, other than that, typically, what has worked well for you guys? Um, so mainly, it's just all online marketing. Uh, it's like Google, Facebook, you know, like it's all it's all the online uh, traffic. My, my partner handles most of that stuff, so I'm not like in the weeds when it comes mm -hmm. to the marketing. But so most people, you know, it's just the, the online stuff. You know, they'll, they'll look us up on Yelp, see like, oh, they have good reviews. Uh, I noticed like most clients tell me up front, like, Hey, I'm shopping around. I'm going to like five different gyms. I'm just comparing prices. And like, that's the number one question. Everyone comes in. What are your prices? What are your prices? Like they don't care what classes we have. They're like, what are your prices? Like, 
And so a lot of times I try to encourage them, just come in, try the class first. Because, you know, who knows? Like, maybe they don't even like the class. Who knows? But, like, you know, if, if they enjoy the class, they're interested, they're willing to make a change, like, they're committed, then I want to sit down with them, you know, talk about it different price plans, you know, talk about, like, what's kind of, like, the best path for them. Um, but, yeah, a lot of clients come in just purely shopping for prices. So I, I try to really encourage them. Because we offer a free trial class. Just come in, try the class, kind of see, do, do you like our teaching style? Do you like our facility? Do you like our coaches? Um, and then we can really sit down with you and try to figure out which plan is best for you. Yeah, no, that, that's awesome. And I think, uh, I mean, already with that, that, um, that $79 fee that comes with the, the, you know, the equipment, I think that already sets you aside from other gyms. and doesn't make you a commodity in my mm. opinion, you know, cause I think most gyms, they're more driven off profit, but when you see an offer like that, it's like, you don't want to be dumb to say no, you know, like it's like, well, <laughs> well it comes with it and the membership, like, of course. And so I think also, uh, with that free trial they'll go ahead and see the value without even having to sit down and they'll, they'll go through it and see the value without even having to go to another gym and mm -hmm. i always say like especially when you know whether you think you're on the higher price side or not um if it's over usually 50 dollars, 60 dollars, and it's considered high it's another way for, for value perception to go up so i think you do a good job of that as well with with being like an all-inclusive plus on the, I mean, like the value is there and I'm sure they mm -hmm. see that. And mm -hmm. then it's a matter of, of just the culture fit or the community fit, whatever you want to say. Um, and I think obviously giving them that, that, you know, like, Hey, there's, we're not here to pull you in. Like, just try it out. If you like yeah, it, yeah. no, you will. <laughs> yeah. Then we can talk about some pricing. And that's, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, I can see how you run the show over there, Jim. I, I was like, go over there, Joe, one day. I'm going to come over there and try it out myself. <laughs> So, um, no, that's great. And, uh, so now with the, with the marketing that you guys currently do, or with all the traffic that you guys bring, whether it's word of mouth referrals online, mm -hmm. um, what do you feel or in an estimate, because this is a hard number to kind of track, but how many do you, how many clients do you think, uh, or new prospects that you see come in on a monthly basis off of that marketing that you're doing now? Uh, monthly basis. I would say maybe like on a weekly basis, it's at least like, 30 to 40 so like monthly yeah. it's probably like you know 120 to like 140 um yeah so it's so probably around there so like uh, we kind of drive a lot of traffic through our website the website like captures their you know base information like their, their name phone number email address and then sure. and then i'll follow up with them or I'll one of my staff members follow up with them you know give them a call leave a voicemail invite them for that free child class send them a text message for that free child class they, they can sign up for it like online so they just like click on a link they can sign up for it and they come in and try whichever class they want. Um, and then if they don't respond to that, then we send them an email. So we just kind of, kind of like, yeah, that's our, that's our usual process. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and now with um, retention being a concern as well, right? So if you had to mm -hmm. take into consideration the retention and then like the churn rate will fall off, um, you know, after, I guess, with what comes in versus what falls off, do you mm -hmm. still think you're right around that range of, of 30 to 40 or you think it's a little lower? Oh, uh, no, it's, a, it's definitely lower. I mean, so I was, talk, I was talking to Mitch before about this too. Um, so retention is probably like one of my biggest concerns as a gym owner. It's so like get, getting, you know, people are interested, you know, they're signing up to the website, you know, that's, you know, 30, 40, whatever the number is. And then, you know, us contacting them, you know, I'll say maybe, I don't know, maybe like 10, that, that, that's pretty high. Maybe like five to 10 people yeah. like of those people decides to come in for that free child class and then of those people you know maybe 
four, five sign up. Well, uh, I don't know. I don't know the exact numbers, but yeah. you know, a lot of those people who do sign up, and uh, like I think uh, of the people who end up quitting, I think like eighty percent are within the first one to three months, and so like that's that's like a red flag for me, just as like a gym okay. owner. All right, so there's there's something that's not aligning between like in my mind their expectations and what they're getting because like they come in for the trial class they obviously enjoy it you know they maybe they come consistently for two weeks and then they just drop off and then you know the you know i think i have to be better about like calling them hey like hey how are you like i noticed you haven't been in class how are things going um personally i've just been so busy because i was kind of like a one-man show for the past two years during the pandemic all the ups and downs and stuff and so it's only more recently i've been like hiring staff members trying to like delegate you know, people to do these kinds of jobs. And now I finally have enough free time to actually follow up with people. So that's kind of like my next step. So, you know, getting yeah. people interested is not really an issue. Getting people through the door, signing up, not an issue. Just retaining them has been, I think, the biggest issue so far. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, obviously, I mean, you being the owner, it's almost like, it's like even a reach for you to even try to do that is, is, is like, whoa, that's big in itself for you to even make an attempt to do that. But um, like, I agree with you in that, in that sense where accountability is probably one of the biggest factors for people to actually stay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I mean, obviously, a community as well. If they, if, if they enjoy the community and, and enjoy the culture that's there, I think that's a big factor too. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's totally different from a traditional gym or like a, you know, like a, a studio versus what you guys do. It's a total different world. So, um, and, and that's obviously, I mean, which, knowing that you, that you're fully aware that you need to improve that is, I think it's the first step in the best direction and in the right direction. So, and I'd appreciate your honesty there too, Jim. I mean, Joe, sorry <laughs> that you uh, were honest about that. Cause not everybody will be honest about where they can improve or what it is. A lot of people come on here and they're, I'm the best at everything. <laughs> it's like, Hey, I mean, we know, no shame there, but it's like, I appreciate the honesty. And when, when you can be real like that, I think a lot of the gym owners who do listen uh, and the newer gym owners are the, uh, you know, the ones who want to be gym owners, uh, they can see that, that that's genuinely a concern and that, that, that does matter. So mm-hmm. um, that's great. Uh, that's great, Joe. And so now let me ask you this. So walk me through this process. Um, you know, if I was a lead and I was interested in joining, you know, I'm new to the area or I just found out about your gym. Um, I, I mean, I know we have an idea of, of what goes on, but walk me through you know, I get to that first free class, but is there a sales process to becoming a client or like an onboarding process to becoming a client? Like walk me through the client journey. So that's actually the thing I really want to work on because I think that's going to really help with their retention. Um, so I, I'll talk much about this too. Um, like part of it is, you know, right now, because I was like a one-man show, we use, um, it's a system called My Studio. It's used by a lot of like martial arts gyms, I think, predominantly like Taekwondo studios and stuff. And the, the nice part about the, you know, the software is it, you can basically have the client do everything. So like I can, they can download the app, they can put in our studio codes, they get to like, you know, our membership info. They can choose which membership they want, when they want to start, and their credit card information. It's like, that's, it's nice because we don't have to do that. So otherwise, you know, we'd be sitting out for like 15 minutes with each client and I'm like, when I was by myself, like I'm teaching classes, I'm trying to sign up new clients, I'm trying to help like walk-ins, I'm trying to like help new people wrap their hands. Like I'm doing all that by myself. So like, it was nice to use that software at that time because, you know, I could just say, hey, download this app, you know, get started whenever you want. And so it was nice to have to like deal with it directly, but there was zero onboarding process. And so, so that's kind of, I think, 
what's missing in this picture. So now that we're kind of like a little bit bigger, a little bit more stable, I think I'm going to move away to like a different software and then really increase that onboarding process. Cause like everyone has different needs. Everyone's coming from a different place. And I think they really need that onboarding process to kind of, you know, kind of, kind of like guide them in the right direction. Like these like four different paths, like, Oh, you're, you're just purely here for weight loss. I'd recommend going to these classes. I recommend like this kind of, you know, these kind of eating habits. Cause I was also, that's the other big thing that's kind of missing for us is a lot of people do come in for weight loss and, you know, our classes provide, you know, really good cardio and then, you know, it's like technique and everything, but for, for weight loss, you know, personally, I just think you need resistance training or weight training. You need nutrition, you need cardio. Like those are like the three things I usually like recommend for weight loss, but we don't have any like weightlifting classes. And then a lot of people don't really weight lift on their own or it's like, I asked them, do you do like resistance training? Do you do weight training? Like, oh yeah, like I do, I do bicep curls twice a week. And it's like, no, I mean, like that's not, <laughs> like that's not gonna be enough for weight loss. Well, yeah. So <laughs> then, right. like in nutrition, like a lot of people are like in the dark about nutrition or like they hear so many things online, like, oh, this new, like I'm doing intermittent fasting and like I'm doing all these things, I'm doing keto and it's like, it's not working. And it's like, and it, it's hard because I can't really sit down with everyone and give them like, a 20 minute presentation on nutrition, but you know, maybe just doing like a pre-recorded thing. So it's something that makes it more accessible to them. And like, here's, here's real simple information. Like I'm going to break it down the easiest way possible so that the average person can like, you know, benefit from it. Cause a lot of people, I think there's Googling random things and finding these crazy TikTok videos about diets. And it's like, Oh my God, may, may not be the best information source. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, mean, uh, I didn't want to get into that. It's a whole other <laughs> Yeah, Joe, no, I, I think uh, a big point of what you mentioned, I mean, there's there's so much that goes into it. And I think, um, you know, I really do believe that as long as the prospects see sees that it is a journey and not a, you know, a consistent walk into the dark, I think, yeah. you know, I think that's what's the biggest thing, because when they can see an end goal, mm-hmm. um, and actually have a process, which again, whether it's onboarding or whether it's like, hey, like, through this week's duration like you know just finding out like i guess in the onboarding it'll kind of pro- provide that picture like hey like you're at this weight and you want to mm-hmm. be at this weight i recommend coming this many times this, whatever things like that i think would, would mm-hmm. make a little bit of a difference because i think what you provide is a great service to be at 145 clients and you know to do what you do and get as many leads as you do i think um you know maybe improving a, a closing rate or maybe you know improving that onboarding process would make that much of a difference to to get you to that 200 or whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but again, which I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that you're fully aware of because it's literally just a matter of action from there. I tell that to all, like anybody who has a concern, it's like, it's like, Hey, like, well, what can we do to change that? So um, that's good stuff, Joe. And then, uh, and now I want to ask you this too. So on the top of the software, I mean, now what, do you do anything to track your current members? So like any, not track as I'm like where they are, but I obviously like who comes in and joins and who is, is falling off and exiting out of the month. Like do you, do you guys track that with anything? So currently because we're doing the unlimited like memberships and classes, we don't require them to like sign up for a class. And so we would need them to sign up for a class to really track who's coming in. Uh, there, there's no like barcode scanning thing for when they come in. Cause that's also like a you know, easy way to track them. Um, since, since it's all like through mobile, they pretty much have to like sign up through the app, which the app has the functionality. I just haven't really enforced it. Um, yeah. like, I, I think it makes more sense when there's like space restrictions, like, oh, this class can only accommodate 20 people. So sign up before, you know, somebody else signs up. So that'll kind of like really incentivize people to sign up. But otherwise, like right now, 
they have the option of signing up, but you, you don't have to, so no one really does. Yeah. Um, so I think making that mandatory would kind of help us, you know, with those metrics of seeing like who, who's coming in, how often they're coming in. Then you can see also who's falling off, like who hasn't been coming in. Um, that would also help us track that a lot more. Um, it's just like an inconvenience thing. So like I, know, I never made it mandatory, but as we're going forward and we're getting a little bit more full, I think it makes a little more sense to have people sign up now. And that also help us like have those metrics. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, um, again, like it's uh, the fact that you are that, that it's a little different. If you have unlimited classes, I think you're right. I think, uh, it's not really being forced that hard. Um, and, uh, and one last question for you here, Joan, this is, uh, this is, uh, I like this question because I feel like it, it definitely opens up um, a bigger conversation. Or you had one guy two weeks ago who literally walked out of the, the room and took ten minutes to think about it and came back and he's like, <laughs> like, we're like, sure. Uh, so uh, you know, if uh, if you could go back in time, to, you know, when to when you first started your your facility for sort of the gym, um, you know, what is what is one thing you would tell yourself? What, what piece of advice would you tell you yourself at the beginning of starting that journey? Uh, it's a little different for me because we, we started January 2020 and COVID hit two months later. So I'd probably be like, don't open yet because COVID's on the way. <laughs> but, um, but besides that, I think, uh, yeah, that, that is a tough one. I think just letting myself know that like, well, this is something, uh, it's different for everyone, but just, just knowing that you have the tools and the capabilities and the resources to handle whatever is coming your way and just assuring you, like, just take it one day at a time. Like, it's going to get better. Like, I mean, obviously, this would be like me preparing myself for COVID. It's like, things are always going to go up and down. Like, you know, people come, people go, like, things happen. But like, at the end of the day, like, it, it's going to work out. You just got to just got to put in the work i mean that just like martial arts and fitness in general like as long as you trust the process you put in the work you know, keep grinding like you're going to see the results like because we're offering we're offering you know a good service at a good price like you know the people will come as long as we're doing the marketing to get them through the door like they're going to come and they're going to see that we're offering a good service for a good price so man just take away it I love that, man. Great way to close it out. Look, and I think it's a pretty good place to start wrapping some of this episode. But uh, Joe, where can people find you, man? Where can people, you know, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, website, shout out, whatever you got, man. Yeah, sure. So our website is roundersmma.com. Um, so we have our Santa Ana location. We have a Fullerton location. If you're interested in Fullerton, make sure you click on Fullerton. It'll show my contact info. It'll show the gym schedule. Uh, we're on Instagram at roundersmmafullerton, one word um super creative i know so we're, we're on instagram uh that's uh, i think we're on facebook but we don't really update our facebook <laughs> we, we, have, we have a youtube page which i also don't or haven't haven't been updating because i've been too busy but yeah so, so it's really the, the website and instagram are like the main ones joe man thank you so much look we absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast and look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road um and to everyone who tuned in today appreciate you as well don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes hit the like and subscribe button and if you're interested about joining us talk about your business model within the fitness industry click the link in the description fill it out and our team will be in touch with you very very shortly and as always till next time jim lords out 
Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.